Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzsafried. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. This is Eric Goldbranson and with me as always my co-host Joe Peterson. How's it going Joe? Hey everybody, going pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, pretty good. I am beat though. <laughs> Tired. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, I, I didn't, you know, again just let everyone in a link the behind the scenes. We, we don't record these the day before they go out so we are actually recording a couple of, you know, uh, so most of the time we do a couple of film reviews. They end up being separate episodes. Um, you know, hopefully that's not giving uh, way too much of, you know, how the sausage is made, but... Um, Curtain's down. It's that, ruined. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that essentially I am still... I, I talked a little bit about on the last week's episode about how uh, our family got kind of, you know, run over by the, the stomach flu while my son was up all night last night throwing up. I got about three hours of sleep, and now we're going into, you know... Um, doing a podcast recording here of three movies so gotta keep the uh you know jogging in place here to keep keep myself uh with it so i can blame any of my mistakes that i make or anything stupid that i say on this episode or you know these three episodes on that so well and i'll just jump on the bandwagon anything stupid i say i'll blame (laughs) on that too just on you being sick um but (laughs) that's that's perfect yeah somehow obviously somehow we'll make that work and actually um i was speaking of puking um, I will say that the film we're going to be reviewing tonight actually has a scene in it that damn near made me. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Wow. This was a first time view for me. Actually, this oh, and the man. next episodes this of the movie, first time views for me. And yeah, nice. this, was... this is what I had actually seen a couple of times. Probably doesn't like go way back for me, but um, I definitely had seen it a while ago. So five, maybe ten years ago. I don't know, um, in college, got big time into... Well, let, let me go ahead and introduce the the movie, because we're going to give it away. Anyway, the movie is the 1985 Dario Argento film, Phenomena, starring uh, a young Jennifer Connelly and Donald Pleasance. Have you any idea why they behave like that? Never done this before. It's probably because of me. I guess they sense the mood I'm in. See, he's not afraid of you. He won't do that for me. 
Ask him to lead you where the dead bodies are hidden. And he'll lead you. That fly is your magic wand. It's perfectly normal for insects to be slightly telepathic. Yeah, it's normal for insects. But am I normal? I love you. I love you all. Anyway, I, I, I had seen this one a couple years back. Um, I don't know what got it onto my radar again, but when the um, new, and I don't know if it's the newest anymore, but the Synapse Films Blu-ray uh, Special Edition um, came out, it somehow ended up on an Amazon wish list. I ended up purchasing it. I've, I've had it on my shelf for a while. This did give me a good excuse to get it back out and look at it. Um, I have watched it twice now on Blu-ray, and the Synapse Films um, package is really excellent. Yeah. With tons of special features. Haven't had a chance to check a lot of it out, but it does have all three versions of this film. So if anyone doesn't know, Phenomena was um, released in three different ways. There's a Italian and European cut of it that runs 116 minutes, which I believe is the the common cut nowadays. So it's the one you're going to find on the main disc in the Blu-ray. It's also the one you're going to find on Amazon Prime. So it is the, I think, the most accurate or you know representative of, of filmmakers' vision. It's the longer, mm-hmm. um, the longer cut. The yeah. then there was a 110 minute international version. I don't know what they cut out of the international version or or why they changed it, but they did. Um, I have not watched that version of it. And then there is a 90 minute, which is, if you, you know, do the math there, that is quite a substantial amount mm. oh, of yeah. footage cut from a movie. There's a 90 minute version that was released in the U.S. under the title Creepers, yeah. um, which is maybe some of you out there that were, you know, doing what we were doing in the early 90s may be familiar of that being, you know, a video store classic Mm-hmm. If people are familiar with the Creepers version, again, I am I am not. I've only ever seen the 116 you know minute uh, European version of the film, which I do believe is the perverted version and the one that is like out there now. So like, I was I was kind of when I know I asked you what version of the film you you saw, and you said yeah whatever's on Prime, and um, so I went I went and looked and saw which one that is, and it is it's the it's the 116. Um, yeah. minute version the yeah the longest cut of the film so i believe most mo- most likely the um the international version some of the special effects or gorier sequences were probably shortened that often is the case for foreign market mm-hmm. and then um i don't know i i'm interested i want to go back and watch creepers now because i want to see how in the heck with all of the stuff going on in this movie how the heck they got it down to 90 minutes so before um, sorry, I'm talking my head off here, but um, before I let you jump in here, let's just yeah. get a quick synopsis of uh, sure. what Phenomena is all about. Sure. From the back of the box, the young Jennifer Corvino, played by Oscar winner actress Jennifer Connelly in one of her first film roles, is sent to a private Swiss academy for girls where a vicious killer is on the loose, brutally murder- murdering students. Jennifer is a gifted girl with a strange ability to communicate with insects, and Dr. McGregor, played by Donald Pl- Pleasance, enlists her to help locate the killer. 
Jennifer finds herself in a bizarre murder plot with maggots, mutants, and razor-wielding chimpanzee mayhem. Can she uncover the killer's identity before becoming a victim herself? Um, yeah, good enough. That's a good synopsis. I like that. Chimpanzee, razor-wielding Razor-wielding chimpanzee. I will say that this movie almost lost me. The <laughs> razor-wielding chimpanzee brought it home. <laughs> that, that brought it home for me. Actually, I had, um, so I, I don't usually go off on you know like work stuff on the podcast, but um, so doing I, people who don't know do research on fossils, uh, but something that myself and and some friends and colleagues yeah right, uh, some friends and colleagues did uh, a couple summers ago was we attended a workshop in Austin, Texas, uh, to look at a body farm. And oh, yes. if you're not familiar with a body farm, if you donate your body to a body farm, uh, they will use you in what we call taphonomic experiments. Like, oh, how long does it take a person to break down in the trunk of a Buick? Let's find out. And so that's kind of what this place is in a way. Insects are a huge part of that. Uh, and part mm-hmm. of this workshop was actually looking at maggots um, <laughs> on dead bodies, which was a little more than I thought I was signing up for. But... So a I was a little I, far I, away on the spectrum from fossils. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were the only ones there that weren't law enforcement. We were like, "What's up with the paleontologists here?" You know, do, you guys don't have any. All you have is bones. Um, but you know, it was it was fascinating. We did actually learn a lot and, and find some stuff to apply to our field work. But I bring it up because that's actually kind of a big part of the plot here is mm-hmm. that this you know, this little girl, this, this teenage girl, can communicate with insects. And like you said, the Donald Pleasant's character is trying to track down the serial killer, but he wants to use the maggots from sarcophagus flies, uh, you know, as a way of of finding out who the killer is and where bodies might be. So it's a pretty uh pretty intelligent pretty clever story my complaint though is how much the the basic setting is it's pretty clear argento likes the whole boarding school where bad shit happens <laughs> it seems to be a trope yeah in yeah a couple of and his films for and sure. this film did feel like a let's try to make lightning strike twice where what we did with suspiria which came yeah. out in what 77 i believe um, yes, and, and, um, and it, it, I, in my opinion, a superior film. This has its moments. Um, you know, like I said, it's a pretty clever thing using the whole entomology, forensics, and stuff in there. I thought that was really, really cool. Not just because, like, oh, I've got to do that kind of stuff, but like, this is it was really cool how they worked that. It's a main part of the plot. Um, but the film had just some other things about it. it is, and this is something I've noticed in, in a number of, of Italian horror films. It's just the the style of storytelling. The pacing's very odd. It's not what I'm used to. It's uh, it... yeah, and and I think a lot of films, especially genre films outside of the American kind of uh, film industry, have a little bit different. Especially, you'll notice that the the main extremes, the two I want I would like talk about generally, um, where narrative differences kind of can affect people's enjoyment of the films and that is the the italian um horror genre definitely is i don't want to say style over substance but i mean i guess that's a kind of a good way to describe it maybe style over narrative like Mm -hmm. it never a lot of argento's films a lot of falsies films a lot of um just italian horror is is very much about style and i don't think it's 
as important to the filmmakers to kind of like connect plot points decisively like hit you over the head with this this and this it's more important to them to evoke a mood or to you know make a scene effectively frightening or disturbing or um you know in the case of you know lucio falsi to to you know push the envelope of what's you know tolerable to your viewing (laughs) and um but yeah, very true. That Argento is 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 very much um and, and maybe maybe the best example of the Italians of this of a very being very very highly stylized. Just his use of music even the way he um emphasizes it's he doesn't just score things but like his his soundtracks like actually play into, you know, the 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 way that scenes work and such. And I don't know, his use of music's this, fantastic. His, this, um, this one was, the soundtrack was strange because it's like, and and now in <laughs> this one scene, is a weird one because it's, it's got the, you know, his, his normal. So goblin yeah, yeah, scores, you know, yeah. part of it, but then they, I think because of the success of Suspiria, um, which actually I have to like, I'm going to publicly shame myself. I've never seen Suspiria. What? I've seen a lot of Argento movies. What? I have never actually seen that film. Um, <laughs> I, it's been one that I've like. It's it's my like. It might be number one on my wall of shame of like. My gosh, I've never seen this movie. Um, I did, and, and so I've seen Phenomena, and I've not seen Suspiria. I've seen a bunch of like, like kind of like B-list Argento movies. His Phantom of the Opera film. That's um, I've I've even sat through that thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, and not seen Suspiria, so anyway, um, oh, shaming myself, getting that out in the open. Wow, um, that's that's like it, it's. You could tell me you killed somebody, and I wouldn't be as shocked <laughs> as I am right now. Yeah, no, that's it's one I <laughs> I've always meant to see, and for some reason have just not ever gotten around to seeing it. Um, so yeah, I I I don't necessarily have those ties to to that film i know generally what it's about yeah or generally what its setting is so i i do see that the the common thread of the, like the girls school and you know kind of rural european um setting i think there this film reminds me more of and i again i can't compare it to suspiria because I, I don't know um but compared to some of like argento's like later work like post 80s uh, this film reminds me more of some of his earlier work because it's got that very strong, um, and uh, all the horror, especially the Italian horror nuts, are going to crucify me if I mispronounce it. But I'm never, never been exactly sure how to say like giallo films, yeah, um, which is a genre of Italian horror and suspense movies, usually involving like a murderer. Um, I think Americans might call them the predecessor of like slasher movies, but they usually were a little bit more. I don't want to say classier, but a little bit more um, of a murder mystery type movie. So almost always having murder character or murderer characterized throughout most of the film, wearing black gloves and gripping, you know, scary looking knives. And, yeah, um, but 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 um, I always thought it was like Giallo. Um, but, Giallo, yeah, yeah, Giallo. But I think I think one of the main themes of those, and, and this is definitely one of them, is that it's it's a mystery detective type element. Um, mm-hmm. and yes, Suspiria has that, this has that, um, you know, there's, uh, I, I would even, cause I was, cause I was reading up on, on Giallo films too, cause that's a phrase I'd heard, but I wasn't really familiar what it meant. Um, mm-hmm. and, and kind of realized there's a film that not to derail our discussion of phenomena, but there's a film that I've 
always tried to classify a genre to, and I've never been able to, and I've never been satisfied with thriller, and that was uh, um, Sounds of the Lambs. Oh, okay. And yeah. I, it actually seems to fit this more. You know, it's it's a it's not Italian, obviously, but you know, it's a it's, right. a, it's a murder mystery detective story, and it contains elements of slasher, crime fiction, psychological thriller, psychological horror, exploitation, sexploitation. It just doesn't have the supernatural element to it, but otherwise, yeah, it's it's like horror detective would be kind of the way to summarize it, in my opinion. But um, one thing I noticed about watching this, and it, this isn't anything about this particular film, some of the dialogue in this is pretty rough, rough meaning like hard to sit through. Um, but I've noticed something dialogue about, or performance. I would say like, both. Straight I would off say, the page. I would say both. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing I've noticed in, and I actually, let me, I, let me rephrase that, the dubbing dialogue. Yeah, okay. Because I don't speak Italian, so obviously I'm watching a dubbed version. Um, yeah, and, and interesting just tidbit being, you know, kind of a European horror film fan, um, most Italian movies aren't actually produced in Italian. They're produced in English, but they don't use the original soundtracks. Um, it, it's, I don't, and honestly, anyone out there that knows different, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, cause this is going off of like, you know, just learning things off of DVD special features throughout the years and whatever. But, um, so they, it, it was kind of a norm of the Italian film industry to do the process with the, of what they call ADR. So you record most of your dialogue post production mm. so they're probably they're they're speaking the lines on set but they're actually going back and just recording the stuff it's it's, it's much it's saves you a lot of money uh makes you know a lot of shooting situations easier you know you don't have to deal with having sound on set and such that's an older thing so like way back they that was a, a norm in uh a lot of european cinema specifically italian um when you get to this era or the 70s when argento and um, these guys start to be um even sergio leone and uh, the other filmmakers um that it, it is still a common thing that they produce their films in english because the main thing all these guys want to do they're, they're influenced by american cinema they want to sell these things in foreign markets so the american market um, and all over Europe and, you know, Asia and whatever. So they want to be flexible with, like, what language it's in. And the, the most common language that you produce a film in at, at this point in history is English. So um trying to be brief, and I'm not <laughs> not doing a very good job. Um, oh, it's interesting. So, so essentially, they, they are producing these things in English. However, most of the actors and people are Italian. So they're speaking their lines with a very heavy accent that people in the foreign markets are going to have a difficult time understanding so they actually go back and have they dub them so yeah. it looks a lot like when we dub a foreign film you know because of the language barrier but it's actually not because of the language barrier they produce this thing in english it's just they want to have a more american performance or whatever you know for sure so, so well, th that is not however the case in phenomena not through not not entirely yeah. there are definitely some actors that are dubbed um but you know Jennifer Connelly being American and um, Donald Pleasance being a, a Scottish actor, um, both speak with their real voices in you know their real accents and all yeah. that. So. I I just I I had to wonder if some of the dialogue was, 
you know, written in Italian, and then you know they just somehow translated it quickly to English because some of the could be the, yeah. the dialogue in it is um, is, is kind of amusing. Like, and my wife and I started laughing about this as we're watching because I'm like, holy shit, this is a common thing in a lot of Italian horror films. Just something to poke fun about is they they describe something <laughs> and then describe it again and then describe it again. They're like, oh, have you heard? There's a there's a psychopath. He's a murderer. He kills people. I'm like, yeah, all those mean the same thing. So, yes. But there's a lot of that. So we started just kind of laughing about that as we watched. Like, how many times are they going to just re-describe the same line over and over and over again? But, yeah. you know, there, there seems to be a lot of that in it. Um, I feel like this is where Argento, because having seen a number of other Argento films, he doesn't rely on gross out very often. That's not really a, an Argento thing. His he has some really nasty stuff in his films, but it, yeah, it's not, not like, as much as some of his you know some other. It's not Fulci. It, it's not Fulci. Right. Uh, in this one, he went a little Fulci. Uh, yeah, I mean this one has moments, but especially the pool scene at the end. Yeah, um, that, yeah, that, that one is that intense, was and I was actually kind of like I, I wrote down a note about that. Actually, like um, Jennifer Connelly, if, be, if people don't know her story was actually a child childhood she's a model of some sort like children's doing catalogs and stuff and got into acting in her mid-teens so she was actually 15 years old when she shot phenomena so oh my god um but yeah that's something i wrote down like wow i mean this is this movie especially towards the end like some of the scenes in there i'm like this is pretty intense to kind of run a 15 year old actress through i wonder what that experience yeah. and I, sh I should actually check out some of the special features on i don't know how if if how involved if involved at all she was in any of the special feature stuff on this but it would be interesting to find out you know kind of what that was like um well and i have to wonder too like thing. nowadays you know we, we talked about this with last week's episode like if a movie were made today you know how would they change things and this from just a production perspective in in 2018 if they were like all right we want to take a 15 year old girl and throw her into a swimming pool full of rotting corpses that is literally <laughs> foaming with maggots uh yeah. i think there'd be it's, some issues <laughs> it is super gross i mean for lack of a better term like that it, it's a disgusting moment um and yeah it just it, the whole scene like everything that's going on in that in that uh, yeah is pretty intense and i don't know that was the only time like i thought that i had that thought because throughout the rest of the film i think you could have kept her as an actress isolated from some of the like more brutal elements but not that one that one had to be happening all in the same room at the same time um yeah yeah so um i i guess what i want to talk about mostly about this movie is because it's a good example of what i love so much about italian horror cinema and that is that um it has so much going on in one movie like you have uh kind of a bit of a subplot that's uh like about really what i meant is about five different subplots going on here and there it's got a little bit of this kind of carrie-esque um you know girl with esp who is the you know new kid at school and nobody likes her and they're all very cruel to her including the headmistress and she can also you know talk to bugs and kind of control bugs and so she makes friends with this entomologist who happens to be tracking this serial killer who's killing her girls or killing girls at her school and then it brings in this whole other element of you know um there's this uh 
the killer ends up being you know this child who has been deformed child that has been you know kind of trapped oh, yeah and kept there's that <laughs> yeah that part forgot about that part already yeah, yeah and, you're right uh, there's so many subplots going on it was actually hard to remember them all yeah, and it's, it's I guess subplot is the wrong word because they are they are all connected. Like it is all the same story. It's just the story is so like, um, I want to say like it's actually a very rich story. Like uh, I don't think anything goes unexplained or um comes. It's, the end. The it's end third of this film yeah. um does kind of come a little bit out of left field, but it, it fits thematically with the rest of the movie, and that I think that. Um, I'm not sure I would have realized it myself, but I was reading a little bit of, doing a little bit of research about this, and um, a lot of people who have kind of written criticism or talked a little bit about phenomena have kind of seen this as the whole movie is kind of a dissection of the way that people or the the way the world kind of views disability, and mm. um, I think that's an interesting way to look at the movie because of kind of the um, throughout the movie. Um, Jennifer's character, her, her character's name is also Jennifer in the movie, um, is kind of drug through one thing and then another. Oh, you know, she's crazy. She has this wrong with her. And she's so it's kind of dealing with her. Um, yeah, her her disability, quote unquote, but like not being able to like people trying to pigeonhole her. And then I think like the um, Donald Pleasance's character is a very kind of positive uh, depiction of a handicapped person even he even has a nice little uh, speech about how you know people don't expect anything of him because of his um, his disability yeah his disability and then and then there's a very extreme um the the child in the end of the movie mm-hmm. there's a very extreme example of the way kind of people sh- shut away um i was very disturbed by that special effect actually the way they chose um to make the kind of savage little child look and that's i think it was just a little bit too close to me or to my eyes to uh, like an actual like um like cleft palette kid or something um mm-hmm. like so I, I found that a little like and not not that that like ruined it for me like i i just i kind of felt like oh you know that, that kind of sucks because that's a real thing that people really have and, and they're not vicious monsters you know it's like um but I don't think that was anybody's intention. <laughs> I just probably the way that the uh, it was. I mean, just well, and, and the, up, the, the line that the, the 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 mother of that child says when she's describing him. Um, what was her uh, the character's name? I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, I don't remember uh, the name Bruckner, of her character Bruckner. either. Bruckner when she's talking about her child, mm. like I leave him alone with his crazy thoughts. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> just started, you know, again, it's that you know style over substance in a way that yeah, I I do have a, a soft spot in my heart for for Italian horror. Um, yeah, and so well, I really and like it, I guess I forgot overall, but and I really like Fulci. This one is is definitely uh, kind of an oddball one though. Even even yeah, among and those. I skipped I skipped over the. Um the little bit where it turns into a kind of creepy old house murder trap house uh, yeah. plot thing as well it, there for a minute or two and then you know dump her into a lake of corpses or a pool full of corpses and then yeah um yeah. anyway it, it, lots of stuff going on in this movie it's really a rewarding watch i think yeah you're gonna have to struggle through a couple of you know um I want to say that some of it is. I think I think you're actually hitting it right on the head. I think some of it's lost in translation. 
Dario Argento wrote the script to this movie. I know for a fact that he does not speak much English just from watching, you know, interviews and special stuff with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I So, I mean, may, possibly that's why some of it just doesn't translate well. It's because he's probably writing in Italian and um, they're, you know, literally translating the script. Yeah. But It doesn't translate well, um, which means there's a bit of a language barrier because it's hard to understand right. what they're saying because they repeat what they're saying in different phrases <laughs> over and over again. So Yeah. Well, and, and I, I also uh, think there's a, a big, a big like I said before, a big emphasis on style. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's about painting a picture. And so um, I feel like the dialogue in a lot of his films or a lot of Italian films in general it, is similar to, like, the dialogue in, like, 1950s thrillers. And I think that that is what I notice about that as well, is that it does... It has to, like, drive the point home on everything. <laughs> like, Yeah. Um, it's not subtle, I should say, is what perhaps yeah. what the... Uh... Uh, and, and you know what, though? Like, I, I sound like I'm getting really, really critical of this movie, and I, I don't want to paint the wrong picture. It, it has some, you know, these gross-out scenes, they just feel a little out of place for, for what I normally think of with Argento, uh, mm-hmm. but they're effective. I mean, that pool scene literally had... I had to turn away. Like, I had to turn my head away. And that is a rare thing where I was just like, oh, shit. I I think it's also, again, just... From I mean, like, it's like getting into her mouth and, like, her uh-huh, eyes. It's yeah. just, like, spitting stuff out. Yeah, it, it's pretty... It's it's intensely gross. Well, like, and... I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just one of those horribly disturbed people. But when something grosses me out to that extent, like, I literally, like, get, like laughter out of it for some reason like i start i don't actually get like physically grossed out like the concept of it grosses me out obviously i'm a human being right so but like the grosser something is like i will i'll just maybe it's a nervous laugh i don't know but i i find it very funny a lot of times (laughs) oh i mean yeah i I, I had kind of a similar reaction i think i had a similar reaction but just because of that personal experience (laughs) last summer i just yeah returning to sarah and going I know that smell. I know what that smells yeah, like. I was going to say, I don't have that. Oh. Yeah. The, the olfactory, um, link is definitely one that I, I, that would yeah. definitely make it a lot worse. I think <laughs> that was messed up too. But, Cause like uh, for about a week after I got back from that, I'd be just doing something all of a sudden your brain, my brain would just be like, Hey, remember this smell? And I'd just be like, Oh God, it just like kept throwing it at me. Like I remember I was cooking breakfast for the kids. I'm like frying up bacon. And that's like one of the greatest smells in the world. And all of a sudden, my brain went, oh, you like bacon? How about this? And I was like, I gotta go outside. I need to get air. It, it, it eventually stopped doing that. But it was, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty intense. So this brought yeah. back some fun memories. And again, you know, we, we mentioned this at the top of the episode. And I think it's worth mentioning again. Uh, razor-wielding chimpanzee. That chimp, oh, yes. that chimp was awesome. I- Yes, I like her throughout her. I mean, I'll call her a character in the movie. What is her name? Is it Inga? Is her, yeah, the chimpanzee's name. Um, but which is funny. There, there have literally been four characters that we've talked about where I'm like, I don't remember their name. I don't remember their name, but and, and I remember her name right away. But uh, yeah, she's. Um, I yeah, I like her throughout the movie, and uh, I, again, like the ambition of the. I can't imagine shooting this movie. How many insects and animals and the stuff that they had to work with is pretty in, intense. So mm-hmm. I do think this was at the peak of Dario Argento's popularity, probably still riding a little bit on the, the massive success, uh, the success of Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, 
yeah anyway so yeah i mean the the ending of the film is is fantastic for that exact reason razor wielding chimpanzee mayhem as the back of the box put puts it uh, yeah i mean that but she kind of gets her revenge and that's it's a it's a fantastic moment and the, like you said it, 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 you said it brought you right back into the <laughs> it, it really did because i think i'll be honest i was i was watching this like okay there's parts of this that are really dragging because uh, the pacing is, is a little odd. It's like, I get the style. It's very Argento style through, I'd say, 98% of the film. And then all of a sudden it took a, a hard right down Fulci Avenue. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm going, I don't know about this. I'm like, wait, that chimp's got a razor. All right, I'm good. I'm <laughs> yeah. good. And it was... Well, it and was... I also think it's just this great moment, great movie moment that, you know, she, uh, the chimpanzee, was who was a, if anyone doesn't know, is... Um, Donald Pleasant's character was handicapped and she was like his, you know, helper monkey um, and witnessed him being murdered by the, mm-hmm. the murderer in this. So um, she gets to have her like moment of revenge where she avenges her, you know, her keeper. Yeah. Yeah. They obviously had a very close relationship, you know, so. mm-hmm. and, and um, actually and, and the, it's a, a very well, well-trained performing ape she does a yeah good job she's, in this. she's good in it i mean to the point where she elicits empathy and like i mean you actually feel for the when that moment comes you're like yeah get him you know yeah. it's like <laughs> it also so, got me realizing like, there's not enough mur- uh you know murder monkey movies i was yeah. thinking there's this there's monkey shines yeah monkey shines murders which in the is room also about a helper monkey helper yeah, yeah. murders in the room org yeah. technically yeah. you know and I know, to all my biologist friends, I know that a chimpanzee is not a monkey, but come on. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's not, but... Yeah, yeah it's it, primates. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think this one has... Uh, it's It's got a lot of stuff going on in it. Like you said, there's all these kind of sprawling little subplots, but... And overall, I, I don't think it's... I, I agree with other reviews that I've read that it's it's not as good as Suspiria... Um, it has Argento's kind of signature atmosphere to it, mm-hmm. but I, it, there was there was enough similarities to Suspiria, you know, like the the boarding school and f- girl from another country is now going here and she's kind of an outcast, and then there's like this murder mystery and you know, kind of the, that whole basic idea. It, it felt a little bit like. Not as much an Argento style thing, but more of a let's try to make Suspiria again, but we won't call it Suspiria. And it, it for me, it just kind of, I kept noticing that it kind of detracted me from it. It's kind of like when I read Angels and Demons, and then I read Da Vinci Code and said, "Oh, it's the same fucking book." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, it's the same book. Um, so, <laughs> because the stories are very similar, because the writer pretty much copied his previous manuscript. So. Um, <laughs> I'm going to just start doing that all the time now. Just the Italian repeat. Um, yeah. So, I don't know if you could well, give this one a grade. What do you think? This is, uh, for me, like a solid B. I find this, like, incredibly enjoyable. I like the, the style, the substance. I love the music. I love the way it all works together. I love that about Argento's work in general. When when he's good, I'm um, when he's on, he's, like, an incredibly interesting filmmaker uh visually and, and just uh the way music is used and um just uh yeah i mean he knows how to build a, a horror film that feels like a horror film um he 
I don't know, but yeah, it's good. I, I think performances in general from the starring cast are good. Um, I, I mean, I know what you're talking about with some of the supporting cast and some of the dub lines and, and whatnot. It, I think I've kind of, because I, it, you know, I have seen quite a bit of Italian horror, I've kind of gotten used to that being kind of an element of it. So it almost brings a certain charm to it because I, I enjoyed these movies. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's really good. I two real quick things I wanted to bring up about it, uh, and these really will be quick, is that I I talked about the disability thing, and by the way, I wanted to throw out a, a citation for that. It's actually from um, one person's writing, and he wrote an essay called the something about phenomena, but questioning the traditional view of disability. That's by J. L. McDaniel is the person who um, wrote that. I got that from Wikipedia, but yeah, so uh, just didn't want to make sure that I'm, you know, citing that and that this is something I read, not something I was coming up with by myself. Um, and also, what was the other thing? I guess I don't even remember. So whatever, I'm we'll get it some other time. So what what'd you think about it? Like overall, like this is one I, I really, I really like. I think, I think this one I'd actually give it a, a C to a C plus. Um, it it when it when it arrives it delivers, but it takes a while to get there. And I think um, just sitting down and and I know some people go, oh, well, you just have to like Italian horror. And, and there's a number of Italian horror films that I really do enjoy. But just from a sitting there personally and and watching the film, all of those sprawling subplots i mean they they're all interesting on their own but by the time you get to the end of one you've kind of lost track of where you are a little bit uh the music i had a weird love-hate relationship with the music in this and i don't mean like the score i mean the the choice of songs on the soundtrack you know there's and it's like these are all bands i love right there's motorhead there's iron maiden and stuff and that's cool Mm -hmm. but it's the scenes in which those songs, like we're talking heavy metal, like speed metal, is used. Yeah, and, it just and, seems so weird. Like it's, oh, here's the police at a crime scene. And da-da-da-da-da. it's like, wait a minute, what's as, going as on? A, as a side note, most of the time when I'm complimenting his use of music, I'm not talking about the like sticking Iron Maiden in there. Oh. That was a little <laughs> odd and out of character for, I, I think, just because they had an opportunity to get that, you know, recognizable yeah. music at the time being 1985. Um yeah, it's more like the the Goblin score. To oh, the movie this, yeah, the score. I them. I've always loved our uh, Goblin stuff. I, it's I, I actually have mm. used it in D and D campaigns. That's nice. probably one of the nerdiest <laughs> things I've said in a long time. But um, you know, I I think it's it's perfect for those kind of atmospheric things. It's just I I remember watching this and uh, I made a note about it. How okay, so now we're hearing Motorhead or we're hearing Iron Maiden in this scene. What are you trying to get me to? feel you know because that's the purpose of music right is to is to kind of supplement the direction that you're trying to get your audience to to feel uh in a certain scene and it's really off-putting and just surprising almost in a humorous way because it just yeah well i remember the first time i saw this film not really not caring for that and it didn't bother me as much this time but then again i have a familiarity with Mm -hmm. it as well Mm -hmm. already so um, i mean this would be like like having a film where you've you know like this a kid's dog is dying, and yet you're hearing circus music played in the background. Just be like, "What's going on?" It it really was kind of kind of jarring. I'm stealing that idea. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, wow, yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I mean, overall, I think I'd give it a C to a C plus. Uh, like I said, when it when it arrives, it delivers, but it just takes quite a while to to get there for me. And but there's enough stuff along the way that is is really interesting. I think that the like I said, the basic plot of it, you know, with the using 
a girl with psychic abilities helping track down a serial killer because of decomposition and maggots and stuff. I thought that was <laughs> really, really clever and very cool. I don't see why it had to be in a an all-girls boarding school. It's like that that type of setting, I think. It was like, this is clearly just trying to rehash Suspiria. Yeah. Uh, getting, getting all those pieces in place to help sell the film in the U.S., really, because Suspiria was yeah. a big hit here. I, I would yeah. guess that's exactly why. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that at all. Um, I just think, like, you could have that basic plot of, you know, the psychic thing and the bugs and the, the serial killer. You could have that set in more interesting settings, I think. Um, yeah. But that but that story itself was really, really cool. I really liked that. And and as far as the general style goes, it's Argento. It's, it's uh, you know, yeah. when, when the guy wants to, even when he's showing you something disturbing, when he wants it to be beautiful, it is. You yes, know, the way I agree. he shoots it. Yeah. So... So that's kind of where I'd put this one. I'd put this one at a C plus to just a straight C. Okay. Well, I guess we'll leave it at that for this week. And uh, I want to encourage everybody out there to send us a message. If you have any opinions about Phenomena or Argento or um, you know anything we talked about on the show today, uh, reach out to us on our Facebook group or via Twitter. Um, we're on all the major social media platforms. Um, also, feel free to shoot us an email at videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com if that's, if that's you would like to, you know, uh, discuss in the long form and if you you know do feel like sharing an email with us with a review or something be you know i will i will certainly um share it with everyone on the air as well with your permission of course but if you take the time to write something we will take the time to read it is what i'm trying to say absolutely yeah and that's uh pretty much all i got for this week any other closing thoughts uh no we got uh, another fun one coming up next week uh we're gonna be be talking about a, oh, yeah. a kind of a, an 80s cult classic another one that i had not seen um uh, up until uh preparing for for the episode so that'll be that'll be a fun discussion so i hope everybody tunes in for that one too Ooh, and then after that we got our uh forgotten franchise christmas yeah. spectacular we're gonna check out every one of the silent night deadly night movies and um just so i know have you seen these films before i have do you know not. what you're in for i so Neither here's the thing. I. So this is gonna be a fun one because we are both going in blind yeah, so being a bit of a purist like you know and i think i've mentioned this on the show before but growing up you know going to the video store if if they didn't have part one of a franchise yeah. I wasn't going to watch it because I knew I'm, I'm going to be lost and they always had like Silent Night Deadly Night 2 and Silent Night Deadly Night 4 I'm like well I'm not going to open a book to the middle and just start reading through it so and I've just never <laughs> gotten around to watching so you finally are getting a chance so. <laughs> yeah so I'm using this as an opportunity to like yes let's finally watch all of the Silent Night Deadly Night films and it's probably something I'm going to regret but we'll see. <laughs> I have a feeling it may be, but we'll get, we'll see once we yeah, get there. We'll definitely get there. So <laughs> cool. Well, that's, uh, that's all from us this week. So, um, I am still Eric O'Branson and I'm still Joe Peterson. Have a good one, everybody. See ya. You have been listening to the video junkyard podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media 
on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast. All one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.